0: Hi Triber, we're back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform, and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists to CEOs and conflict photographers to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe. We love talking about everything business at Smart Girl Tribe because we know how many of you are dreamers, creatives, founders, entrepreneurs, and business women one business question we are asked over and over is all about finding and connecting with your audience on social media and the big question how you can monetize your audience which is exactly why before the holidays we thought we would bring in an expert to answer all of your juicy questions and emma does not hold back she even dishes instagram secrets and keywords you need in your instagram bio all the way from New York City, Emma Tesla. everyone. Hi, Emma. Welcome to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Can you just explain how you became a social media expert?
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I would love to tell you how I became a social media expert. Um, So basically, it happened about five years ago when I was actually interning for a mentor at the time during college, And she had just started a new branch of her business and being the youngest member on her team, she handed me a phone and she said, can you just like make sure we're on social media? (laughs) Like, just get us up. And so I just became obsessed with it. It was like a whole new world. And in 2015, social media marketing was such a new concept. And so there was so much to learn and I really dived into it. Um, and we grew this community for her business. And so after that internship ended, I started sending her like $100 invoices to handle all of her social media, which is so crazy to say now, but it really was kind of the catalyst for me, you know, figuring out this was a business opportunity. There is, and you know, there currently still is, but there was especially back then a huge gap in the market for businesses that needed to get on social media and still today so many are not even active or as active as they should be. So from there I've just been kind of growing it behind the scenes and building this business, 95 Media, for the past five years. And it's been really incredible to be able to build it up to the place it is today. And I think that becoming an expert in anything really comes down to consistency and passion. Because when we look at social media, a lot of the success that we see there is based on consistency and showing up every day and doing the thing that we are scared to do and, you know, be vulnerable to our audience. And so, I think that that's really where it all came from. And that's been kind of my journey.
0: So why is it, Emma, so crucial to understand who our audience is when launching a business?
1: Yeah, this is such a great question. (laughs) So knowing who your ideal client is, is truly it builds your content strategy because it's going to help you develop the way that you engage and the content you create and the sales psychology that you use on your social media platform. So if you're clear on who this person is and what they're struggling with, you're then able to create the solutions that provide a really positive change in their life. Because I look at this by understanding what our ideal client's pain and pleasure points are, really. So if I know like Sally's pain point and why she struggles with it, I know how my product or service is able to help her get out of that pain point and really reach her pleasure. And so if you understand who your ideal client is, it can help you help them really. And by creating by creating this avatar of who your ideal client is, you can then understand what kind of visual content they're looking for, how to write the captions that convert, and how to engage with accounts who really fit this profile.
0: So when you talk about creating this avatar for our clients to understand them more, what kind of things should we be writing down? What kind of questions should we be asking ourselves?
1: Yeah. So many people start with the basic, like what's their age, what's their sex, what's their location. And I really like to go a lot deeper than that because while this exercise is great and it's a necessary part of figuring out who your ideal client is, it doesn't tell you about their interests and their passions and what are they doing on a Sunday morning, right? (laughs) Because essentially it's that information that will really help you understand who you're talking to, what they value, and where you can find them on social media, which is the essential core of knowing who your ideal client is. So, for example, I have my one-on-one clients fill out a whole questionnaire about their ideal clients, and they'll answer questions like, what do they do in their free time? How do they spend their time on social media? Are they scrolling? Are they watching stories? Are they buying from ads? How much money do they make that allows them to pay you with ease? And what do they do that brings in that income? Because... All of these questions are hitting different aspects of who your ideal client is. And then from there, you can begin to understand their values and start meeting them where they're currently at. Does that all make sense?
0: No, it really does. And what are some tangible ways we can work out who our target demographic is outside of asking ourselves these questions?
1: I think it really comes back to engaging with them. And so once we figure out who this person is, getting on social media and figuring out more about them comes down to engagement. And so when we can interact with them on a daily basis and learn more about how they show up on social media, but also what they're doing in their lives outside of social media will really help you figure out more about them
0: then once we have worked out who our audience is, how can we really hone in on that?
1: I think, again, it's a lot of engagement and market research. So when we engage with them, essentially all of your activity is doing market research and being able to document what you're finding. Because if we're just engaging with them on a daily basis and we're not following up and we're not really writing down what we're seeing as patterns across these different profiles, it's going to be hard to actually move forward with utilizing this information. So I always encourage everyone to really take note of what you're finding and look for the gaps and the patterns that you're seeing because the gaps are how you can help them and the patterns are what they're going to be struggling with and where you can also connect with them in terms of what their actual goal is.
0: Mm -hmm. And of course, how can we monetize on our target's demographic?
1: The big question, (laughs) the one that everyone wants to know. So monetizing an audience on social media is really about building that connection because through your engagement, you're going to start building and creating leads for your offers. Hopefully that's the whole goal. So your offers then are going to be directly and specifically for your ideal client which means that your audience is going to be dying to get their hands on them. But the step that so many people forget is actually selling. The thing that scares all of us is actually the sales and the selling because it intimidates a lot of people. So when it comes to social media, selling and pitching your offer to your audience, like again and again and again is the way to really have sold out launches to even a small audience because the reality is that a buyer typically needs to hear about an offer like eight to 20 times before purchasing. So when we talk about our offer one time and we make one post about it, it is easy to forget and it's also possible that a large piece of your audience, a large group of your audience didn't even see that content because we all know that the algorithm works in crazy ways and not everyone is seeing your content. So the strategy that I like to recommend in order to monetize your audience when you have an active offer is to make two, about two to three evergreen posts. So that would live on your feed. And then to get on stories every single day and talk about your offer and how that helps your audience go from point A to point B in order to really have a high converting sale.
0: Are you positive about the future, Emma, when it comes to social media? Do you see a lot of results? Because if I'm being honest, I see a lot of negative stuff and a lot of people talking about the algorithm very negatively. So being an expert in that field, how are you feeling about it all?
1: I genuinely think that social media is here to stay. I don't see it going away anytime soon. The thing with the algorithm is that what it's doing is essentially trying to keep you on the app longer. So it's showing you content that it thinks that you want to see based on your past activity. So if you interact with an account every day for a week, that account is, their content is going to be pushed out to you so much more than other accounts that you haven't interacted with or watched their story from. But in terms of the negativity, I think that there is definitely a lot of negativity on social media. But it is also up to us to create our own experiences on social media, and we get to pick who we follow on social media, which is a really beautiful thing. Because when you think about working in an office or going to a certain event, like we can't pick who's there, but we can pick who whose content we're consuming, and we can also block people on social media, which is definitely a tool that everyone should be using if negativity is coming to you, um, because. There's no space for that to be your experience on social media. And do you think social
0: media and the digital world, Emma, are more important than being in real life, if you want? I
1: probably shouldn't say this because I'm a social media person, but I definitely think the answer is no. Because the thing is, is that with social media, what we're really looking for is connection. And we are looking to build connection because we're lacking that with in-person conversation. So when you consider social media and the, the relationships that it can build for you. I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to build that connection and build friendships that you never would have had the opportunity to have without social media, but then to also bring it into real life down the road and plan to meet up with a friend or, you know, join a mastermind where you have a joint vacation with them so that you are able to transition your digital life into more real life and create that personal space.
0: Who do you think Emma on Instagram in this case is doing particularly well? Are there any accounts that you follow? And through an expert's eye, I think they're really nailing social media. They've understood
1: it. Yeah, I have this one account that I love consuming. It's High Moon Studio. Um, the founder, Alex, she runs the account and she The account I think they do so successfully is that they really understand their target audience because they're a very bold brand. They're very unique and their content is really memorable and speaks to the women that they serve. And I think they do it really well because they are memorable and they're also shareable. And a lot of the content gets shared and that's a really big way to gain an audience and kind of go viral on social media as well.
0: What is one mistake most business owners or founders make nowadays when working out who their audience is?
1: I think the biggest mistake is that we assume we know everything about our audience because the reality is that your audience is actually going to tell you everything you need to know. Because one of my actually favorite marketing techniques is to use the exact Verbiage of my clients back in my content. Like I literally have a note in my phone with words and phrases that my ideal client have said to me in DMs or in comments that I save to use later because these words you can then use in any of your sales copies. So this could be from your captions to your sales pages to even the written portions of your offers. Because Really, what everyone wants to feel is seen and heard. And so when you use their verbiage back to them, they're going to have this moment of, like, how did she know that? Like, she is literally in my brain. And that's going to make the sale so much easier for you when someone feels that way about your business.
0: And what is one thing you wish more people knew, Emma, about social media or finding your target demographic or audience?
1: I think it, it is always that the ROI of social media does take time because we all want this quick fix. We all want to have our audience grow to 10K overnight, but the reality is that you are investing in an audience and you are building trust with them. And so to bring them through the no like trust factor, it It is a timely process. And some people are able to do it much faster than others. And again, that goes back to understanding who you're speaking to and creating content that really connects with them so that they can share with their friends and help you build that audience alongside you. But if you're new to social media or feel like you aren't seeing results fast enough, definitely hold out because it's coming. It just needs a little time to help you get there. How
0: can we work out what problems or issues our audience is tackling other than asking them. Are there any tips or tricks that you would advise for us to help understand our audience a bit more?
1: Yeah, I really think that watching stories of your ideal client is so, so helpful because a lot of us get vulnerable on stories and we'll talk about what we've been struggling with that day and say you are a Dubsado expert. So Dubsado is a customer relation management platform and that you are just struggling figuring it out or you know you just can't figure it out and someone who is a Dubsado expert is watching your story of you talking about that and now they know a place that they can help you which is so valuable and maybe you don't post about that on your on your stories daily and you don't post about that to your feed but someone's going to understand what you're struggling with by watching your story mm-hmm. and there's so much value in watching stories beyond figuring out pain points but really building that connection with them as well i think that sometimes asking flat out questions like like survey questions and dms is not always the best way to go because it seems a little like hi, I need to know, (laughs) what are you struggling with? How can I help you? And it's a bit of a turnoff because it's like, clearly you're just trying to get my business and you're not trying to get to know me. So I always suggest approaching it from a more personal space and providing a lot, a lot of value before ever trying to sell so that along the path of providing value, it's very easy to learn more because it's a lot of questions along that process.
0: Being a social media expert, Emma, what do you think is the most effective social media platform to be using nowadays?
1: I think it really comes back to your audience, because if your audience is a bit older, a Facebook page is probably going to be more effective for them. If they're a creative, Pinterest is probably where they're spending a ton of time. Or if they're really business-focused, LinkedIn is going to be great for you. But the one platform that Over literally over a billion users are on is Instagram. And I think it's a foundational platform that every business should start with because there's so much space for businesses to connect with and really sell to their potential clients here um, that truly like every brand should really be present and then build out from there.
0: So let's take Instagram then. If somebody came to a client, Emma, and said, I know my audience is on Instagram. I know that these are their pain points. I know how I can help them. Would you then advise that they're on Instagram stories, that they upload their feed every day, that they're DMing their audience, you know, in their inbox, they're doing highlight reels, they're doing Instagram reels. Do you think that somebody has to be doing everything or is it all about just targeting one thing and maybe mastering that one thing as opposed to being on everything. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> we no one can do it all. Like, I think that that's something we all need to recognize at some point and learn to outsource the things that we truly don't enjoy. But when we're looking at our social media, I think creating really specific goals for ourselves is helpful. So, creating a content strategy and a schedule that you can follow that's really doable. So, starting with Three posts per week, getting on stories maybe four days per week, and setting goals that are attainable for you in order to build upon that. But to that point, being able to repurpose your content for different platforms is really valuable as well. So if, say, your focus is on Instagram because you know your clients are here, you've done the research then create something, a page or a group on Facebook, start a Pinterest, but repurpose the exact same content that you are creating for Instagram and just do it in new ways so they're properly formatted for those other platforms, but allows you to increase your reach and your visibility, which will actually help you grow a lot faster than if you were just on one platform.
0: Are there any big don'ts that we should know about when it comes to social media?
1: I think the biggest one is to not get burned out. So when we set goals that aren't attainable and we set this massive goal for maybe like six posts per week and getting on stories every single day and sharing like mini trainings on stories every day, that's really overwhelming. And it turns off a lot of people to social media, period. And it's hard to keep up with, especially if you're doing it on your own. So I would say the biggest don't is to... Try and do everything at once, really start small and build from there. Repurpose your content in order to increase your visibility, but set the goals that you are able to achieve so that you still enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, social media should be a fun place for you to be on and help people experience your business. Mm -hmm. And one thing I do want to
0: get onto ever so slightly is having a business page or I should say account versus a personal account, because I know so many people struggle with this. Do you think if you are the face of your brand that you should have a personal account or do you think you should be just tackling one account and again, mastering it?
1: So When it comes to a business page, it's really important to have a business page for the actual business because of the analytics that you're going to get when you convert to a business profile. But in order to separate your life, I think it is important to have two different profiles. So one for you as a founder, one for the business itself. It really does change and depend on your business model with regards to how much you and your face should be showing up on the business profile. But I, you know, it's important to separate work and personal, I believe. And so when you have that personal profile and maybe it's private and you're not sharing that with the rest of the world and all of your clients, it allows you to show up as you know, yourself outside of the business and give yourself that rest time that we all need Um, and be your true authentic self, which is always going to be slightly different than the on version that you have for your business. Um, But definitely having a business profile is so important for those analytics because those are going to tell you so much about your audience.
0: And what is your favorite social media platform to use, Emma?
1: I love Instagram. <laughs> I could spend hours on Instagram a day. It's it's really a fun experience for me. And it's where a lot of my clients have come from. So I love interacting with them there.
0: When it comes to Instagram, I know I've got into a couple of debates about this with my best girlfriends and even some temp- team members, because we've had to try and figure out, is it best to post once a day or post three times a day? And for so long I was posting three times a day and then just as a kind of challenge for myself for the past couple of weeks, I've tried to just stick to once a day. And I can honestly say I've seen the numbers decrease slightly because we're not so engaged. Is that normal or is it actually quite normal? Because I see a lot of brands out there posting almost once a week.
1: Yeah, so many, I mean. At the end of the day, there's really no normal. It depends on the size of the brand, the size of the account, and the team that's able to take on the work, truly. Really. <laughs> that's what it comes down to often. But your numbers are probably decreasing posting from posting three times a day to one time a day, just because there's less content for people to interact with. So your content is still getting pushed out to them, but it's, they can only interact with one post that day rather than three. So that's gonna affect your engagement. However, I don't, three times a day is a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of content. So to post one time a day, I think is definitely enough. Um, But to increase your reach and also to grow an account faster, the more content you put out, it's just always gonna help with that because people have more to connect with and share and interact with.
0: One thing I do want to ask Emma is how can we emotionally connect with our audience other than I think you've given some really incredible tangible tips you know looking at the language that they're using but also following people in their stories seeing what they're talking about what they're maybe upset about moaning about shining a light on outside of those two things is there anything else that we can do to emotionally connect with our audience
1: yeah. So I like to use these three content pillars of education, validation, and vulnerability to really guide every piece of content that we create. And the vulnerability aspect of your, of these pillars is going to help create so much emotional connection with your audience because you're typically going to be using storytelling when you're creating vulnerable content. And The word vulnerable can get a little scary sometimes, but really it's just telling your story and bringing people along on your journey so that they have these touch points to connect with. Because when we are only talking about business and we're only talking about building a brand, it's hard for someone who isn't in your shoes to connect with that but something that say like Jenna Kutcher is amazing at doing this, right? She tells her story so often. She has these touch points like being a big mac and cheese lover. Like that's something that people connect with and remember that is unique to her. So when you create this vulnerable content and you tell your journey and you tell these specific pieces of your life, it really does help that create that emotional connection that a lot of businesses are missing on social media. And for you, what would
0: the perfect Instagram bio look like?
1: Oh, such a good question. I use this formula that goes, I help A do B by C. So it's talking A is, I help A is your ideal client. Do C, do B. (laughs) Do B is their goal. By C is what your business does for them and the transformation that it provides. So when we use that formula or a variation of it, we are telling somebody who finds your profile exactly if your business can help them, how it helps them, and why they should stay here. Does that make sense? It does. And do you think that formula works for any business? I think a lot of the times it definitely works well for service-based businesses but a lot of product-based businesses as well because when we look at product we should be targeting a smaller audience unless we're like apple (laughs) but it does it, it really does work universally and switching up the verbiage of it is necessary of course but you know when as a consumer we find a new a new account we wanna know, is this something that I connect with? Is this something that relates to me and will be able to help me grow? Because we are inundated with so much content and so many businesses every single day that following a new account, it's easy, but people aren't doing it as quickly as we used to because there's so many more available now. So to create that personal connection with them and tell them exactly how you're gonna be able to help them, I think is really valuable.
0: Of course. And I also end the podcast with two questions, Emma. The first thing, what is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by?
1: So I don't have like a specific mantra, but I think one guiding principle in my life is to always just work hard at what you want to happen. Because No one is like special. Like anyone can do anything, really. At this point in time, where we're at, you don't need a degree to get a job. You don't need a degree to start a business. What you do need is like grit and passion and actually putting in the time to build a brand, something that you've done so amazing. And to put in that hard work, I think is just a really essential aspect that a lot of people aren't willing to do. And that's okay because not everyone is meant to be a business owner, entrepreneur. But I think that hard work really does, it helps open a lot of doors for you.
0: What books or podcasts would you recommend to our audience, Emma?
1: I love podcasts. They're like my favorite thing to listen to. And they actually were one of like the foundational elements of building this business too. So some of my favorites are the My Leak Teal show. She's incredible. She's the founder of Curlbox. Um, the Ed Milette show when you really need some like tough love, (laughs) uh, gold digger, obviously by Jenna Kutcher. Um, and of course the smart girl tribe podcast, (laughs) because, uh, obviously these are all, I think are really important to self growth and making sure that we're always trying to become the best version of ourselves while building an empire really at the end of the day.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today, Emma. It was amazing to chat to you and you have
1: provided so much value. So thank you again and I hope you have a great rest of the day.